Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Central Texas Life. I'm Ann Harder, and this is a magical season of music. Yes, the 2022-2023 symphony concert season is upon us. And joining me now is Carolyn Bess, who's the executive director of the Waco Symphony. And uh, it's a delight to have you. We've been talking about this oh, visit a pleasure, for a long time. And I know it. So glad. <laughs> this is not your first time in the studio <laughs> because you were a guest talking about the charity champions. Right. TFNB, your bank for life, has named the Symphony Association as one of their charity champions this year, and that's a big deal. It is a big deal. We're honored and excited to be named a charity champion um, and are just diving into that. So our featured game to be featured is um, the October 22nd homecoming game will be recognized on McLean Stadium Field and... Um, you know, just a 30-second video about the symphony's mission, and, and we're really inviting the community to come alongside us and partner with us on a big ask. Um, in celebration of our 60th season, we're trying to raise $60,000 to support our education and outreach initiatives. Well, it's it's wonderful, of course, of uh, uh Effort that's near and dear to my heart. Full disclosure, I'm president of the board of directors <laughs> right. this year and have learned so much really in a short period of time about the inner workings of the symphony and just how much goes into maintaining this amazing gem. We're all always referred to as a gem <laughs> in Central Texas, but, but how many uh, cities our size, you know, that don't have an amazing symphony orchestra like the Waco Symphony. Right. We are so fortunate to have the the quality symphony that we do, and it is amazing. Like you said, there's so much that goes into really getting these 80-plus musicians on stage together, and especially that was a challenge during COVID uh, to keep them all safe and creating music and so coming out of that, has, it's been an interesting year. Well, it's been in a lot of ways. And, um, of course, it was an interesting year for me when you were hired. Yeah. <laughs> because the uh, the stiletto heels you are filling belong to uh, Susan uh, Taylor Hyde, who is, she was there for, what, 40, 44 years. 44 years. So you can imagine, fill. you know, how the, the continuity that she brought to yes. the job. Right. And, um 
and yet, you know, you you came from kind of a different line of work. Let's talk a little bit about you, Carolyn. Sure. Um, you grew up in Waco, though, right? I did, from age three through high school. So you, you're really coming home? Coming home, in a way, and it's, and it's wonderful. I really felt that tug back to Waco about a year ago. Yeah. And well, I'm so glad to and be here. We are thrilled <laughs> that you <laughs> that you made that choice and and it was an interesting um, process for me to be involved in a a hiring process. I've never really done that before and especially for a nonprofit organization that uh, the Symphony Association is um, and so many really outstanding candidates that were there for the job and um so you came to us, though, from Dallas. So I tell did. us about what you were doing in Dallas before you came to Waco. Yeah, so I was fortunate for 25 years to work at the Dallas Museum of Art as an art educator. I was in charge of adult education programs for five or six years. And then I was the director of a literary and performing arts series called Arts and Letters Live at the Dallas Museum of Art. So bringing an award-winning authors, actors, musicians, dancers, and really trying to combine um, the arts in creative ways. Well, and, it, and that experience that you had certainly served us well <laughs> last year. We could, since this is all done, <laughs> we can talk about some of the challenges that you found. Your first right. year, although I always said, I mean, poor Carolyn, she, she came into a buzzsaw when, <laughs> when she came, because what people don't know is all the kind of the drama behind That's the scenes right. and just how much intense work there is yes. to deal with agents of mm-hmm. some of these, you know, musicians that have their own, their people, you know, they'll right. contact your people, <laughs> which is you, <Yes. laughs> and, you know, and how much, how much was involved. And, um, you really kind of at the last second were able to uh, make lemonade <laughs> out of what, you right. know, was well, lemons. Tell, tell them about My that. third day on the job. <laughs> um, a long scheduled concert with America that had been, you know, canceled and rescheduled and canceled and rescheduled. And yes, due just to COVID. Pushed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, rescheduled several times due to COVID. Ultimately, they called and said, I'm so sorry. We are having to cancel outright. I know. Horse with no name. I was looking forward to hearing that. (laughs) Instead of really, you know, easing into the job and focusing on (laughs) training, we went into crisis mode. So um, that really, in terms of making lemonade out of lemons, um, I proposed both to to Maestro Hyde and our artistic advisory committee that that we bring Lyle Lovett and his acoustic group and the committee thought, well, that's a wonderful, you know, a wonderful opportunity. It's a, it's, a, it's an artist that I had hoped to work with and tried mm-hmm. um, to secure in Dallas, and the timing wasn't right. But I was just yeah, so because he's kind thrilled. of a poet when you think about he's it. He's such an amazing songwriter. Yeah, right. Um, so I really wanted him to, you know, have admired his songwriting and performing abilities, and wanted to really have him talk about that creative process. So it was so thrilled that we were able to bring him to Waco and and it was a um, huge success huge success wonderful audience oh yeah development um opportunity in a way yeah you know, yeah we, we saw, really saw somebody said yeah I saw a lot more big old belt buckles belt and buckles and, and cowboy hats cowboy hats and, than they'd and, seen in a I long know, time in a symphony concert it was, it was great and people that I think hadn't maybe you know been to to one of our concerts in a year so it was a wonderful yes. way to to experience the symphony in a different way has to happen yeah it has to happen. Um, and, and, of course, then our, our pops 
what's considered a pops yeah. concert was uh, going to be a lot of movie music, right. you know, which people love. They love that for pops concerts. Yeah. But our, our featured person canceled kind of at the last minute. Right, right. Yes, and so we had that to left you in crisis mode yet again. Again, again, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get used to living on that level of adrenaline, right? That's right. Don't want to get used to that, but. right? But then you know, really, we're in in the wake of that. We're fortunate to bring both a, a film critic, an Emmy award winning film critic. Um, to talk about the featured music selections, Gary Cogill, who which was is, wonderful, who you know made his name in in Dallas um, as an amazing critic. And did host, you know him personally producer. before? I had I had met him. Uh-huh. Yes, um, didn't know him well, but but we we knew each right. other. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 then I was thinking, what actor could replace this this one who canceled mm-hmm. um, and who would have a similar audience appeal? And so Sean Astin who is known for the Goonies and the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I thought he would have a very similar appeal. And the, the combination of the two of them on stage was was really wonderful. It was magical. It was. I mean, it really was. And I've talked to more people who said, as soon as I saw that he was coming, and then they came for Sean yeah. Astin. Yes, and we really only had about two weeks. Um, after Sean Astin signed his contract, yeah, that um, was another. Could, it was another little hitch. <laughs> um, yeah, he committed, uh, you know, in, in mid March, but he didn't sign his contract until ten days prior to the concert. So, so you could really, 10 for sure, days of yeah, marketing exposure. Like, we and think he's coming. Thankfully, but... <laughs> you know, people really did respond. Yes, when, they um, did, and and tickets, you know, skyrocket at that point. So we were well. Pleased. It was. It ended up being a season that. We had a lot of question marks about because right. after COVID, and and we have a lot of a lot of the uh, concert goers that are older, sure, and are worried about Cautious. being in crowds, and that's perfectly mm-hmm. understandable. And and we all kind of wondered what will It'll it be happen. like, what will attendance be like, and um, and we ended up on a positive note, Absolutely. shall we say. And, and it could have been in the whole <laughs> trajectory, you know, you know, through the, you know, started out a little slower in the fall, but yeah. by the time, you know, December, in December, there was that little break between, um, right before Omicron hit. And so our Nutcracker right. performance was nearly sold out. It was fabulous. It was amazing. And, yeah. um, and then it really gained steam, uh, you know, again, throughout the spring. After, well, and after I think January. It, I think it showed that there's, there was a hunger to get back to that kind of right. thing. Well, and, and folks were ready to. The joy of, you know, that's one of the things that I missed most during the pandemic was um, experiencing live music and, mm-hmm. and that it can bring such joy to people. So, Well, so, so many things that the symphony is well known for. Um, just to kind of explain how, you know, the workings of, of it. I mean, you do have to raise money yes. for it because those musicians... They want to be paid. That's right. <laughs> Funny how that works. And these, and there you know, are a lot of them. And the guest, and the guest, and the and guest there are a lot artists. of them. And the guest artists. I mean, right. that was what was stunning to me is just how much money some of these folks get. I mean, right. But but then you can still kind of negotiate with their people, and you know, right. maybe got a little better sometimes deals. Sometimes better than others. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Sometimes but better yes, than others. Yes. But yeah. you know, it's it's really remarkable you know and you I can have a wish list of people I want to hear you know and and yet you know there's the reality of can we afford to bring them absolutely and you know that's one of the things that I'm so thankful about in terms of being back in Waco is that 
this community really rallies to support its orchestra and the arts here locally. And it, it wouldn't be possible without individuals and corporations, businesses. Right, our businesses, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, of course, the as you mentioned, this is our 60th anniversary. And uh, for a number one, a, a symphony, you know, of our size, there were many, many of our size that did not survive the pandemic. And there are some even bigger ones that I'm that, learning that have right. folded for whatever reason. Right. So it, it can kind of be on a bubble, but yeah. there's there's such a, a hunger for um, fine music. Right. And and that's really rewarding to, to know that that is the case here. Absolutely. Um, one of the other things that uh, that we're doing this year is we have the the bittersweet task of replacing Maestro Stephen Hyde. That's right. After 35 years on our podium. I think he's seeing so much fun. His wife is having a retirement. Yes. <laughs> he's feeling that tug. He's feeling that tug. And and I get that. I sure. mean, yeah, I retire. I mean, I, yeah. I, it's it's fun. <laughs> it's great. Um, but man, that's this is a, this is a big deal for the symphony. It is. And, you know, and one of the reasons that our orchestra is as strong as it is, is because of what he has created in such a long tenure. I mean, he really has focused on hiring musicians, many of them who live in and around the Central Texas community, Mm -hmm. which is important because in the early years, um, you know, a lot of musicians were imported from Dallas and Austin and, and farther away. And it was kind of like the bus pulled up to Waco Hall and, and you know, yeah. you know, in large measure, it wasn't a f- more of a, a resident orchestra based here in the community. So he's really focused on hiring m- many musicians that are reflective of our community here. We still have, we still certainly have some who, who travel in as well. But he's, uh, you know, we also have Baylor music students who audition and are paid to perform as part of the orchestra. And what an amazing career building experience that they have, you know, often sitting side by side with their professor. With their professor. And (laughs) playing the same music and really getting first world, you know, firsthand experience of what it's like to be in a professional orchestra right so well and and of course the beauty of the Waco Symphony Orchestra is because it's two maestros over its 60-year history have also been on staff at Baylor over the orchestral studies at Baylor University that collaboration and that partnership and that frank frankly that benefit Mm -hmm. to the Waco Symphony I don't think we can put a number to it but I think we're going to figure that out it's, it's an important relationship that has so much synergy. And that will continue. It will. It will continue. Absolutely. <laughs> Dean Gary Mortensen is committed to seeing that that relationship stays strong. Yeah. And, and that's great. You know, we share a lot of music together. Um, sure. We, and and I, I think that's something a lot of people don't library. realize, you know, that you got to buy or that's rent right. or you got to, you got to pay some money. All music. those, all those little stand music stands that are out there, right? Stands yeah, and, and they may be sharing. The two violins may be sharing one, but right. <laughs> <laughs> still, that I mean, that's a big budgetary item that right. people don't think about. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's really important to continue that wonderful um, bond with yes. with Baylor University. Uh, it is an exciting time. I mean, there's going to be some some big changes. 
uh, ahead. And um, when we come back, we're going to take a brief break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about this upcoming season, the magic of music. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> Bros and Bros and Heroes. Welcome to One Star Rewind a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story.
And I'm back with Carolyn Bass, who's the executive director of the Waco Symphony Association. And uh, it's really an exciting season of your second full season right. uh, at the helm of the symphony. And I personally love this uh, theme this year that Maestro Hyde, I yes. think he was one that he came up it. with this. Absolutely. It's called The Magic of Music. And uh, each of our concerts, and there will be five this season, um, will have something to do with magic. Um, and what will be magical is the fact that Stephen Hyde will be conducting two of them, correct? Yes, he will conduct the first two concerts this fall. They will kick it off September 29th with Gil Shaham and Bode Magic, or Gil is one of the most acclaimed violinists in the world and has an amazing story himself. He's, he debuted at age 10 with the Jerusalem Symphony and the Israel Philharmonic and then and then studied at Juilliard in Columbia and performs on stages around the world. So he's a Grammy Award winner, an Avery Fisher Prize winner, which is kind of the gold standard mm-hmm. in the classical music world. And so we're thrilled to, to bring him to Waco. And Yeah, he's, and he's married to a violinist, I understand. Do we want to talk about what they play? In terms of the repertoire? No, in terms of their instrument. In terms of their instrument. He plays on a very special... He, he has several violins, uh-huh. one of which is a Stradivarius. So, and, you know, when the Boston Globe talks about him, they say, you know, in a world full of outstanding violinists, Shaham stands out for his style and his sound. So I, I really am excited to, to hear him. Well, I have found if you've got uh, Amazon Music and Alexa, um, I just tell her to play Gil Shaham music mm-hmm. and I hear vi- fabulous violin music from can to Kate. I mean, he has recorded a lot of amazing music, and right. I'm so looking forward to hearing him perform. Um, of course, it, he he was somebody that was kind of in the pipeline to perform in Waco before right, right COVID. before COVID. So it was one of those interruptions um, that that we're glad that, yeah. that we that could could get him back. Right, right. Okay, so that's the first one. And then right. the next one's November, November 10th, 10th. With Jeremy Dank, who okay, is tell a me about pianist. Him. And he is he is also an Avery Fisher Prize winner. Um, he is also a MacArthur Genius Fellow, which uh, Jeremy went to Oberlin, um, among other schools, and was an English major. He's also an amazing writer. That's so what's neat. Not only is he just a phenomenal pianist, but um, who... He is, I'm excited that we're adding sort of a special twist to his appearance here the night prior to his concert at 530. We'll host him in Roxy Grove Hall for a talk about his New York Times bestselling memoir, which is called Every Good Boy Does Fine, A Love Story in Music Lessons. And it's this, it's this beautiful personal story about him, you know, being inspired by music over the years. You get an in-depth look at really what it takes to become you know, practice makes perfect, uh, a, mm-hmm. a classical pianist, and um, what his relationships were like with his teachers. He talks ab- in such beautiful ways um, and metaphorical ways about the the composers and the pieces of music that have inspired Neat. him over the years, what they've meant to him. 
Um, and it really, you want to have a Spotify playlist handy when he's, when he's, when you're reading the book, because it's, it's oh, right. fabulous. Oh, so it's sort of combining again, your background yes. at the Dallas Museum of Art and right. in the letters. Absolutely. And, uh, and the yeah. books and knowing yeah. the authors. So and that's just a beautiful blending of your, of your, your past yeah. as well. And I'm, I'm just excited that people will have that opportunity to, to really connect with him as a yeah. person. You know, and seem you know that he's not just up on a pedestal or a stage, but you really and often you don't hear them talk. You don't hear them. Now, of course, I love it. Yes, we we heard. He was he was charming. (laughs) So much fun. People will really get to know Jeremy, and um, they'll get to have their books signed and meet him personally, which will be great. Really looking forward to that, and that's um, that's an early part of November, right? Of course, the Nutcracker, the Nutcracker, back by popular demand, um, Ballet Frontier which is a professional dance company based in Fort Worth. Um, we've partnered with them over a couple of years um, prior to and after COVID. Um, so, and it's it's just such a holiday classic. And I think it evokes that childlike wonder in all of us. Um, well, it's so I wonderful. I grew up going to, oh, yeah. my aunt played the clarinet in the oh, Houston she? Symphony. The Houston and Sym- so I went every year down, you know, during the holidays yeah, to, to hear her play and the Nutcracker. And it's just such a, a cherished memory for me. So I'm just, I'm so glad that, that Waco, you know, has almost an annual tradition of bringing the mm-hmm. Nutcracker here. So you don't have to drive to Dallas or Austin <laughs> to see a quality production of the Nutcracker. And it's a wonderful experience, too, for nearly, we just had auditions for local student oh, yes. dancers. Mm-hmm. Who, so nearly 50 or so student dancers and what have a memory the they're opportunity to, yeah. to, um, to dance on stage in this iconic production yeah I got to work backstage you did you last, helped me out well, and I went year. to auditions last, That's right, last year right but uh, yes and and to help because some of them have fast costume changes and it was really <laughs> it's like a machine back there I'll tell you but right. it was it was so wonderful uh and and just the joy of course again you know we try to we try to make a little money off of this, and yes. so uh, we always sell nutcrackers, right? That's yes. still planning the, to happen? Absolutely. We will have a <laughs> nutcracker store set up in the front of Waco Hall Lobby. What um, a great little memento. Amazing and unique, um, uniquely styled nutcrackers, as well as we'll have ornaments this year, too. Oh, cool. Very good. All right, and so Stephen... Will not yeah, be so conducting Stephen, this because Stephen's he will be officially concert will be, retired. Um, Stephen's final concert is in November, right? And then we'll bring in a guest conductor, Clay Couturio, who is the music director conductor of the Richardson Symphony, for oh. to guest conduct Nutcracker. Uh huh. And then we'll bring in another conductor in April. Um, but we are, you know, right now in the thick of the midst of searching for <laughs> Stephen's replacement and a new. Really seeking someone who will be the next, you know, head us into the next chapter. Correct. We'll be only the third music director, conductor of the Waco Symphony. Yes. Um, yes. We've had over 100 applications. Isn't that amazing? I'm just stunned by the talent of these applicants. And they come from, you know, all over the country and even internationally, too. So. The future is bright, and we have wonderful 
possibilities to explore. Well, I've, I've been privileged to be a part of this right. process and, and have gotten to hear the interviews and, and get to know a little bit more about the world of, of professional conducting. And it really sort of is the business model mm-hmm. that these individuals fly all over and they have, may have multiple symphonies that they take care, sort of take care of. And so yes. they, that's, that's what our model will be. More than likely. More than likely. Um, yeah. So, we'll, unless we'll whoever it is just falls in love we'll with Waco and, and decides, might. I got to live in Waco. That, I and that could happen. That could happen. It could happen. <laughs> that, and that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yes, I mean, they have kind of a, most of them have a day job, <laughs> right. if you will, you know, at a university or, you know, just different. And some of them, that is just what they do. They sort of, itiner- I guess, itinerant <laughs> conductors <laughs> because there are always symphonies, I guess, looking for guests conductors and right so anyway it's been it's been fascinating but it's been so wonderful to hear the ideas they have at their in their experience with different symphonies literally all over the world um and some great ideas that i've gleaned just from listening to it is to them talk great to get to get ideas and to to dream about you know how we can can move things in exciting new directions in the future. And so the so the plan is to have one of our candidates right. conduct January and March concerts. Coming up. And yes. uh, the January and concert is... I'm really excited about that one. That one is themed the A Magical Evening in the American West. And um, the the composer Fared Grofay, his piece Grand Canyon Suite oh, yeah. is the I grew up feature to yeah. of that evening. And I went down to the Austin Symphony earlier this year. I saw that they had programmed that piece of music and noticed uh-huh. that they were collaborating with a photographer and multimedia artist named Nicholas Bardenay, who spent more than two months in the Grand Canyon taking hundreds of photos. And he has this music in his head. I mean, it, he has memorized it. And I'm he sure. live choreographs the transitions of his photographs with the music. And that it's is so, just and, he, and we hang three huge screens above the orchestra. Mm-hmm. And it was just this amazingly immersive experience that'll marry art and music together in a creative way. And, Love it. and that I, I hope our audiences will, it'll just sort of transport you right mm-hmm. there to the Grand Canyon. So we will let, uh, we will let the music director um, candidate, the finalist, choose the rest of the repertoire for the yeah, evening but um, so that they Grand have Canyon Suite is that is set in stone <laughs> that is set <laughs> at, at, if and you then, will <laughs> <laughs> and then another finalist will bring in in March for an evening themed around orchestral magic and then we'll bring two additional finalists next fall it's really going to be an exciting time and it's important because then the, our symphony players will have an opportunity to work very with, closely with right with these so individuals I think, and I think these finalists will be here for the better part of a week mm-hmm. we'll get They'll a chance to really get four, to know them you know we have four rehearsals and a concert so they will have you know five days in which really to to get to know each other personally and musically and um, well it, see a concert come together that those those are going to be great fun and then our pops concert yes I'm really excited. About. I know, I know. Broadway Magic, featuring the Tony Award winner Kelly O'Hara, who is one of Broadway's leading ladies right now. She won the Tony Award for portraying Anna Leah Owens in *The King and I*. 
She's been in South Pacific and Kiss Me Kate and The Light in the Piazza and so many, so many shows. She's appeared on the Met stage um, in an operatic capacity mm-hmm. opposite Renee Fleming twice. So she'll wow. be back on their stage this well, fall. She's classically trained, obviously. Classically trained. I think she she grew up in Oklahoma, so yeah. she's no stranger to this area. Yeah, um, she might have some Oklahomans come. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, um, I think, again, Lyle Lovett, he had a lot of friends that just he came. Did. To he see did. Him. And yeah. Kelly is really becoming known for her television work as well. That's right. She's, she's on an HBO series. Yes. Right? The series it's going into season two, the Gilded Age. Yeah. So a very popular show right now. So and she will not only sing but sort of tell stories in between about about those songs. So, you know, a lot of a lot of iconic um, songs that we're all familiar with, but from her dra- repertoire. Yeah, so so much more uh, for the audience member than mm-hmm. just hearing her sing, which would be plenty. Right. <laughs> which would be wonderful. Well, uh, you mentioned about the art and the immersive experience, and I, I have to put a, put a plug in and talk about the work of the Waco Symphony Council, yes. which for 75 years, now coming on 76, wow. has hosted the Children's Concert Series. And I've been involved with it for easily more than 20 years as their narrator. And um, it is the joy of my year, honestly, to be there when those buses pull up and through the course of the day, 6,000 area school kids come to hear, many of them for the first time, to be on the Baylor campus, to walk inside the majestic Waco Hall, and then to hear that first um, sound from a live orchestra and they literally will jump in their seats i just love it's it it's a thrill it, <laughs> it's it a is thrill. and every I year for me up, and i and had, you I came came when i was in the fourth, fourth grade grader. it was a big and, deal to get and to it go was, to and, and and mine was very memorable because we rode out a tornado in waco hall that that's day. right you had the, you <laughs> so had the tornado it was drill. wild we had the we had the alarms and the sirens <laughs> and, and the music <laughs> oh my goodness well it it's really uh it's it's memorable hopefully yeah. Will be not not, <laughs> not for that, that not for that reason with the with these kids, but yeah the the impact on these young minds and lives of hearing that live music, mm-hmm. um, just it can't even be it quantified. Be I, I don't even no, think it can no. be. Yeah, um, and many people and on our board, you know, like me. Yeah, you know, I remember when I was in the fourth grade, and you know, That's went to, right. and, and it, it kind of plants that seed. It does, and I think back to to when I experienced that, and it was shortly thereafter that I decided I wanted to learn to play the flute, and started yes. started playing the flute in the fifth grade. So it's that age is right around the time when when students may be choosing an instrument, you know, to to play in a in a middle school band or orchestra, and um, so it really can have that spark. And, you know, another way that the symphony um, sort of connects with other schools locally is sure. that we provide some instruments mm-hmm. to students in two schools within WISD. Well, and that's something and remarkable. I know the uh, Tennyson, yes, Tennyson. Uh, classical music program has just exploded. Yes, yes. And we're excited to see, you know, everything including you know this initiative for us and then the bands and orchestras went on pause during the pandemic so I think they're they're in that rebuilding mode but it's exciting to hear stories about them mm-hmm. how, how many, back to life how, and, yes how and, many students <laughs> and of course the uh, the youth orchestra is another uh, yes outreach. it's a signature well it's a signature program um so the Waco Symphony Youth Orchestra we're so 
fortunate to have, you know, so we have um, nearly 50 8th through 12th graders from all over Central Texas this year. I think they come from seven different schools, wow. as well as, you know, some being homeschooled and who have the opportunity to rehearse and perform together under the amazing guidance of Dr. Bo Benson. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's the director um, of the Midway High School Orchestra. Just a, a wonderful opportunity for young people. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, it is, the, the children's concert, at least after a two-year hiatus, is right. is happening again. In person Those again. kids will be back at Waco Hall. Yeah. And uh, the November, date of that is November fifteenth. No- November fifteenth. It's right. on my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I w- as I've told people, I said I will crawl over broken glass to be there. <laughs> to be there. In fact, I literally went after breaking my wrist the week before, but I had a sling. I went, wow. I'm not, not missing. Miss, I'm not missing Children's yeah. Symphony. It, it means so much to me. And of course, the, uh, the the Waco Symphony, what it means to the city of Waco, um, just can't even be put fairly into words. Right, right. Um, I want to thank you so much, Carolyn, for being with us oh, and for sharing pleasure. sharing your your heart. There is something that I that I do at the end of these little chats. It's a little questionnaire similar to the one that the great James Lipton would yes. do inside the Actors Studio. So this is my version okay. of it. So here we go. What's your favorite word? Grace, I would say, just because it reminds me of God's great gift for us and His favor towards us and is a word that kind of reminds me of how I want to live and extending that graciousness back to other people and on a daily you do, basis. But you I'll, do epitomize try, that. But, you really but I know do. I also fall short. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what is your least favorite word? Oh. Hmm. I would say poverty yeah. comes to mind just because it's heartbreaking and what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? You know, we've talked a little bit about it, but it, it is that creative combination of art forms yeah. coming oh, together um, and watching and watching audiences or have an aha moment as mm-hmm. a result of those things coming together in a way that they wouldn't perhaps um, if if the art form was standing on its own. So that for me. And then... About five years ago, to that end, but sort of part, of the, I started making a part of my spiritual practice doing some Bible journaling in an artistic way. I bought a Bible that has a blank page opposite every text page. Oh. So it's been a way for me to focus my study of the word and my quiet time, but it helps me focus on a passage and then interpret it artistically. And maybe it's through watercolor. I love to do calligraphy and hand lettering and collage. So just interpreting a passage um, visually on the page has been sort of a, a neat experience for me. Oh, that's neat. What turns you off spiritually or emotionally, mm. creatively? Um, well, I know that sort of I, <laughs> or I tend to shut down if I'm just too busy, if I just yeah. get caught up in yeah. the busyness of everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. What? Here we go. What sound do you love the most? Oh, oh. Okay. So I'll stay on a musical tangent here, but I would say my favorite sounds of the orchestra are probably the oboe and the harp. Yeah. And I grew up singing in choirs and was in my university choir at Sewanee and had the 
great fortune of getting to go sing with the choir in some of England's greatest cathedrals. Ah. So it's just the the chills. Coventry? Of, Did you um, go to Coventry? We didn't go to Coventry, uh-huh. but we went to Wells, Winchester, Salisbury, mm. Gloucester, St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle. Oh, wow. Um, and other amazing places. So, so choir choir voices reverberating in those yeah, amazing yeah, that's architectural yeah. spaces. It's uh, really my jam. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that too. Um, what what sound do you not like? Oh, nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I have heard that before as an example. Yeah. What other profession would you have liked to try? Mm. Well, when I was younger, I had fleeting fantasies about being an Olympic ice skater or a competitive tennis player. Okay. I pursued both of those. Those were not destined to be. <laughs> Do you still play um, tennis? I am very rusty. No. Um, I was, I got really good during high school. I yeah. was captain of the varsity tennis team oh, good. at Vanguard. And but, Vanguard's but always I had am, a really good tennis I'm program. I'm really rusty. Yeah. I, and I regret not keeping it up. But well, I so need to get you back out I on the court. We will, pl- we will play. <laughs> we need to do that. I pick you as my partner then. I play doubles. So the singles, All right, that's, that's singles days are in the rearview mirror for sure. Well, what job do you know you would not want to do? I, I have I a feeling it might have been the one you had <laughs> no. last year. I was so living in fear. <laughs> you know, I would say I would be a terrible potter um, because, and, and ironically, my mother is an amazing potter. Really? But I, she thought I was going to fail kindergarten because I only would finger paint with one finger. So yeah. anything that that if my hands have to get messy or is not a good combo. Not your so thing. I could not be I could not be a potter. <laughs> All right. Well, finally, uh, what do you want to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, my goodness. Um, welcome home, my child. Um, leave your perfectionism and your worries at the gates and rest in my peace. Mm. A good word. So the final word is, how can folks get season tickets <laughs> to the Waco Symphony? Um, no, really, they, they, yeah, they sure. still can. They and, can. Uh, and so, or you can you buy can individual visit. tickets to the, right. to the either, shows. Either so way. what's the best way to do that? It's really to go on our website at wacosymphony.com. Pretty simple. For more details and, and ticket links as well. All right. And you and can follow us on social media too, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Right. Very good. And uh, we'll... See you again soon, you and I, for sure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, it's been a delight to have you, Carolyn. Thank you Uh, so much for spending some time because I know you you. have a lot on your plate. (laughs) Thank you. All right, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.